Welcome back to our daily Bible study time. We're talking about serious Christians and what it means to really take the God seriously, his word seriously, living a life that counts for him. And today I want to talk to you about how to really grow. If you're a serious Christian, you want to know how to really grow. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, there's some remarkable words. Let me read them to you. Paul writes, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. So, Paul kind of outlines for us here some directions as to how we can really grow. I heard about a, a farmer who went for the first time to the county fair, and and he saw a merry-go-round for the first time, and so he decided to ride it. And he got off, and his wife said, Now look at you. You spent your money, but you got off where you got on, and you ain't been nowhere. Well, that's true. But that's not the purpose of the merry-go-round. It's just to have fun. But life is like that sometimes. We might be, that might be the description of a lot of us. We spend our time and our money going around in circles, but we arrive right back where we started. So how can we grow? How can we become the person God wants us to be, the believer God wants us to be, and more like Christ in our lives? In this letter to the Colossian Christians, He's trying to get them from where they are to where they need to be and help, help us to discover and, and how we can be that. Here Paul illustrates how to live the Christian life on a daily basis, and he simplifies it, kind of puts it down where we can understand it. It's not complicated. It's not meticulous. It's not complex. But he said, how did, how did you come to know Christ? Well, you trusted him with everything that you had. You had a sense of need. You recognized he was the Lord and the Savior, and you were a sinner. And you, with all your heart, in great desperation, trusted him. And he came into your life. Well, by the same way, you trust him on a daily basis. That is, you recognize you need him. You can't do it yourself. And so you call on him and ask him to live in you and through you that day. So let's notice what Paul is saying in these verses. First, notice there has to be a definite beginning. The illustration here is worthless unless you have received Christ as your Savior and Lord. You can never know how to live the Christian life if you don't have the Christian life. You can never be a Christian on a daily basis if you've not become a believer. So as you received Christ Jesus, Paul says, now there are several things that are fundamental here in understanding what it means to be a believer in Jesus Christ. And it's not something we should guess about. It's not something we should play games about or uh, fool ourselves about. We should really know if we belong to the Lord. Some people say, well, I've always been a Christian. I can't remember when I wasn't a Christian. Well, I don't think everybody or anybody has always been a Christian. There has to be a time, the Bible says, when you move over from the darkness into the light, a time when you acknowledge Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Now, I know people have different emotional backgrounds and come to Christ in different ways, but there's always a specific point in which they receive Jesus as their Savior and Lord. There has to be a definite time. Now, you may not know the exact date or the exact hour. I know, for me, it was on a Wednesday morning 
at a camp when I was a young boy that I asked Christ to come into my life, and it was a, uh, it was August, and, was, and I don't remember the year, but, but a lot of things I don't remember, but I, I know that was the day that I, I made that decisive, first overall outstanding, all-out commitment to Christ as my Lord and Savior. Now the main thing is not the year or the month; it's not the hour, but it's to know there was a definite time that you made a decisive turning from yourself and your sins to Christ. Now, if you're not sure that you've ever done that. You say, well, I think I did. I hope I did. I, yeah, I probably did. Don't do that. Don't hope. Don't depend on probables. Right now, just close your eyes, bow your head, take a moment of quietness, ask Jesus if you need to, need to turn this off, and say, Lord, I don't know for sure if I've ever really received you as my Lord and Savior, but I, I believe with all my heart that you're the Lord of heaven and earth, that you died for me to pay for my sins, and I ask you right now to forgive me, come into my life, take over as my Lord and Savior, and from this day forth guide my life. And you didn't know that you made that commitment, and there was a definite time when you made that commitment. And because you did that, it makes all the difference in the world. So I'm asking you to be sure. But second, there has to be a definite faith commitment involved. Paul says, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord. When you received Christ, it was an act of faith by which you chose Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior. It was, act of, it was an act of your will, a choice. Your mind, it was something you thought about. And your emotions. To receive something is, doesn't mean that you earned it or deserved it. It was a gift, the gift of eternal life, the Bible says. So we receive it. And Jesus explained it in different ways. He said to Nicodemus, you must be born from above or born again. You've had a spiritual birth. You must have a spiritual birth, just like you've had a, a physical birth. To the woman in Samaria, he said, it is the living water, and it will quench your thirst. To some, he says, it's the bread of life. But he was explaining it in terms that people could understand, but he was saying the same thing to all of them. One day he said, in a story that he told, he said, it's like a man who is out sowing seed in the field. He's got a plowed field. He's putting seed in it. He's dropping the seed in. And as he does so, and some of it, some of it really gets down into the soil and produces. And that's what he says it means to receive Christ, to really let Jesus come down into the soil of your life. Now, John explains it like this. He says, as many as receive Jesus... To them, God gives the right to be called his children, even to those who believe in his name. See, receiving Christ is believing in him. It's the same thing, but it is a faith commitment. And third, there has to be a definite person received and believed. You receive Jesus Christ as your Lord. It's not simply accepting a body of truth or a system of doctrines or a group of religious beliefs. That's not enough. Uh, now, you do that when you really accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. You believe the truth that's written about him. You accept the doctrines and commandments that are given. But you're receiving a person. You're coming into relationship with a person. And the Bible says you receive him as Jesus. Jesus is the Greek word for the Hebrew word Joshua, and it means God is Savior or God is salvation. And the word was common in the first century, and many boys named Joshua or Jesus 
were there. But this was a special Joshua, a special Jesus, the Jesus, the Joshua, God's Savior. But also you receive him as Christ, and this means Messiah, that he's God's planned one. And you receive him as Lord, as the Lord of all of your life. So with that in mind, we'll continue pick that up tomorrow. And if there's any question in your mind about you definitely at a point in time trusted Christ, don't presume on anything. Take the time today to settle that once and for all. God bless you. Have a great day.